0: Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. This morning, we're going to begin a brand new series that we are calling Holy. Now, Holy is one of those words that we really don't use very often, uh, except for maybe the occasional, Holy cow. <laughs> But when we do hear it, the truth is it's usually at church, uh, right? Maybe we hear it especially around Christmas time where we sing songs like, Oh Holy Night. Uh, but even when we use it or sing it at church, uh, I wonder how much we really understand this word. And so, what I want to do in this series over the next four or five weeks is seek to understand the word holy itself but also be able to kind of trace the concept of holiness throughout the biblical narrative. Now, most of us connect the word holy to uh, the concept of moral behavior, Uh, and this is certainly positive most of the time, right? Like something that we know or someone we know uh, whose life exemplifies a lot of morality. It's absent of uh, sin or addiction or struggle. Um, There is sometimes, though, a negative connotation to holy. Holy. Uh, Sometimes you you might hear people refer to others as holier than thou, which is really meant to be a derogatory term reserved for someone who elevates themselves uh, because of their superior morality. Now, sadly, uh, most of us simply cannot create a concept or conceive of holiness outside of this kind of moral compass or this, this morality kind of framework. Uh, What's interesting, though, is that when we think about holiness only in this way, then holiness is defined mostly by the absence of something, uh, the absence of sin or impurity, rather than the presence of something. And so we need to go back to the Scriptures and begin to ask the question, what do the Scriptures say about holy or holiness? Uh, The Scriptures talk about uh, holiness in the same way that we tend to think about it. And to help us, I think it's important that we start off uh, by learning some Hebrew. So uh, the Hebrew word that is often translated holy is the word kadosh. That's a pretty cool word to say, kadosh. Uh, Now this word first appears in Genesis chapter uh, 2, where it says, So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, or made it holy. Uh, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Now, the word holy or hallowed is the Hebrew word kadosh. Now, if you're anything like me, I found this absolutely fascinating. That the very first thing that is called holy in scripture is the Sabbath day. That, And right at the beginning, the thing that is called holy is Time, that time is set aside as being holy. Now, the second time that the word Kadosh appears in ex, is in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And I actually want to read that passage of scripture to us. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. It says this Moses was keeping flocks of his father in law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock beyond the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight to see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see it, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, and he replied, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now in this really interesting story, the presence of God is represented by the flame in a bush uh, that is burning and yet not being consumed. And the presence of God, or we might say the holiness of God, is so unique and powerful that it makes the ground around the bush and around the presence holy. And so the first thing to be called holy is the Sabbath day because it is set apart. And then the second thing is the ground around the burning bush that was made uh, unique by the presence of God. And so what does it mean then to be holy? Well, it means to be set apart, as in the Sabbath day from creation, and unique, as in the presence of God that radiated out from the burning bush and made the ground holy. And so holiness is this biblical term that means unique and set apart. Now, as I write this sermon, or as I was writing this sermon, I had a Josh Garrel song shuffling in my headphones, and the song, O Holy Night, came on. Now, The Josh Garrel's Christmas songs are so good that it doesn't matter what time of year they come into my headphones, I don't skip the songs. Uh, But essentially, I was thinking about this, like here I am writing a sermon about the theme of holy or the holiness of God. And I hear this song, O Holy Night. What are we really trying to say? Well, what this song is saying is that the night that Christ was born is unique and set apart in all of history from all the other nights. And so, uh, we have the first two uses of this word holy, and we have time, and we have a place, but we don't yet have God himself that is called holy. And we actually don't get that until Exodus chapter 15, verse 11, which says, "'Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, and doing wonders?' Now, this verse uh, in Exodus comes from a passage of Scripture that is known as the Song of Moses, uh, which Moses sings right after uh, he and the Israelites have crossed the Red Sea. Now, do you remember this important story in the Scriptures, where the Israelite nation found themselves uh, under slavery in Egypt, but God raises up a leader uh, in order to uh, face off with Pharaoh uh, and call for Pharaoh to release the egyptian or the uh, israelite people and pharaoh finally releases the people after passover but then changes his mind and pursues the israelites through the desert and then in the climactic scene of the story the israelites find themselves, themselves stuck on the shores of the red sea with an egyptian army quickly pursuing them and then god miraculously splits the red sea so that the nation of israel can cross completing the act of deliverance for the oppressed, And then, having experienced the miraculous deliverance of God, Moses declares that God is majestic in holiness. Now, majestic is this adjective that kind of churns up the idea of kadosh and takes it to 11, like churns it up to 11. God is unique. God is set apart. But he is majestically so. He is especially so. Now, by the time that you get to the prophet Samuel, Samuel will proclaim, there is no one that is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. And so calling God holy is a way of recognizing his unique character and his unique role. That God is a creator and author of life. He is the divine first cause. And as such, he is unique, powerful, beautiful, and good. And the only word for that is holy. You see, it turns out that holiness is not just the absence of sin or impurity, but holiness is the presence of beauty, power, and goodness. For the holiness of God, the creator God, sustains all of life. And so it is good and right to speak about God as holy, and to sing about the holiness of God. I'm reminded of the classic song that we sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Now, as we're thinking about this theme of holiness and, and trying to understand the character of God, a metaphor might, might help. So maybe we could say that God is a bit like the sun. The sun is unique in our solar system, uh, and its power radiates uh, throughout our whole earth, warming all that the rays of the sun can touch. And so the sun is unique, but it's also set apart. Uh, It's set apart because life on earth depends on the sun, Plants need the sun to grow up out of the ground. The seasons are governed by the sun and the earth's tilt toward the sun. And then the sun heats the waters that cover the earth, causing evaporation. The droplets in the atmosphere form clouds, which produce rain, which provides an essential life source for plants and animals. And so whether directly or indirectly, everything on planet Earth is dependent upon the sun. What a pretty good way of thinking about the holiness of God, that we ourselves are utterly dependent upon the beauty, power, and goodness of God. And so this metaphor helps us provide just a a little snapshot of what the holiness of God is like, that God is holy and set apart and the source of life, not just for our planet, but for the entire cosmos. And so as I mentioned, it is right and it is good to sing about and to talk about and to call God holy. God is uniquely holy. But as we saw in the first passages of Kadosh, what's most interesting to me is that other things can be called holy as well. In fact, throughout the biblical narrative, what we find is that people are called holy. As in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, which says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Places are called holy. Just like in Ezekiel 42, 13, where it's talking about different locations in the temple that are dedicated as holy places. Even things are called holy In Exodus chapter 40, the first 10 verses or so, there's instructions on consecrating things for use in the temple and that not only the temple itself or the places inside of the temple, but even the things that are found inside the temple are called holy. And then time, the first thing to be called holy with the Sabbath day, but we find it throughout the biblical narrative. For example, in Leviticus chapter 23, the first couple of verses It's speaking about the festivals that we set aside time to remember and connect ourselves to the redemptive narrative of God in the world. Now, let me give a quick side note here, and this is not in my notes, but a huge part of the reason that we follow the Christian calendar at Emmaus Road is so that we can root ourselves as a worshiping community and we can root our specific gatherings in the narrative history of God and the redemptive history of God that we we celebrate things like advent and easter and easter tide and pentecost and ascension sunday and all in christ the king sunday we we mark these ways these these times and these sundays as a way of saying this is our story and we are connected to the redemptive narrative of God and so time is called holy people Places, things, and time are all called holy in the Scriptures. Now, what does that mean? Well, for me, what that points us to is that just like the sun, God's holiness is to be shared. That, In the same way that a warm summer day invites us to go outside and enjoy the sunshine, So God's holiness is ultimately an invitation to participate in his holiness. In other words, the holiness of God does not distance us from God, but invites us in to share in his beauty, in his goodness, and this life-giving force of God. And so what this series is going to do is we're going to journey through the biblical story and discover how God's people are invited to participate in the holiness of God. How is it that we are drawn in? How do we as humanity participate in the holiness of God, understand the holiness of God throughout the biblical story? And what we're going to look at uh, and seek to understand Uh, holiness in the same way that they did at the time. And what we're going to find is that humanity's understanding and interaction with and participation in God's holiness changes and grows over time, leading us to this crescendo in the great revelation of God in Christ. And so the important thing is that you join us each and every week of this series because it's going to unfold a bit like a narrative. Uh, And I think that you just won't have the whole picture unless you see and hear every piece of the, of, the, of the puzzle. But for today, what I want to help us understand and, and apply to our lives and begin to inform our thinking is that holiness is not just an ethic. It's not just a way of talking about where we are on the scale of morality, but rather holiness is the radiant beauty of God and the invitation for our for us to participate in God's character. And if we can get that right, if we can really hold on to that truth, then I think it's going to help us as we continue down this narrative of understanding holiness. So may you be invited into participation with the holiness of God.